The world has written a narrative of motherhood that's narrow and limiting. But that's not how motherhood was designed to be. We don't have to accept that narrative or stay in that confined space. As Christian mothers, we have the freedom to create a beautiful, fulfilling, and inspiring life for ourselves and for our families. We can live a life of purpose and vision in the midst of the confusion around us. I want you to move from being unsure to being confident as a mom. I want to see you let go of the overwhelm and guilt and embrace the freedom we have in Christ. Let's learn how to enjoy the life and the family we've been given. Let's create homes where faith can grow and hearts can be shaped for the kingdom. I'm Audrey McCracken, and welcome to Grace for My Home. Hello, and welcome back to Grace for My Home. I'm so thankful to be back with you this week and so glad that you've decided to to join me here again. I have so enjoyed these last few weeks coming to you, sharing with you from my heart, and it is my great hope and desire that the topics that I've spoken on, the words that I've said, have in some way encouraged you, helped you, supported you in your calling, in your home as a mom or a grandmom or just a woman trying to serve Jesus. We're trying to get back into the groove of school and um, get our routines set after the reset after the summer. I was able to go this past Sunday with my sister for a cup of coffee, and that was a blessing. And it had been way too long. We both said we don't remember the last time we did that. And um, she is not just my sister. She's also my friend. And so we really enjoyed that. And we talked about serious things, but also silly things. I think we giggled some. And so I was thankful for that. And I think, you know, so many times we don't know we need that until afterwards. You know, we just kind of, we got our heads down and, you know, got our nose to the grind and we're working this thing out. And then we don't realize just how stale life is until we have, you know, a little little joy. We got to sprinkle a little joy in there just for our own well-being and for our children. They need us to have some joy. So we have something to, to give to them. So we're not, you know, in that drill sergeant mode. Now, you may not go there, but I can easily go into the drill sergeant mode. So so that was that was a blessing. And this week, I, I wanted to come to you and talk with you today about guilt. We need to learn how to deal with guilt because all of us have it at one time or another. And, you know, especially if we're dealing with things like a couple of weeks ago, I talked about, you know, my story with anger and how how the Lord has helped me deal with that. But during that process, there was a lot of guilt. And I think when we can understand guilt and look at it from a biblical perspective, it loses some of some of the hold that it can have on us. So I wanted to talk with you this week about guilt and how to deal with guilt. And I think of guilt a lot a lot like physical pain. I've heard people talk about pain as a sign, an indication that something is wrong. You know, if we were to get hurt 
and not know we got hurt, then it could be detrimental to our health. You know, if we were to cut ourselves and not realize we're bleeding, we could lose a lot of blood. You know, if we, we could burn ourselves and there was, there was no pain that indicates there's a problem, then we could be seriously injured and not even know it and not seek the help and the attention, the medical attention that we need. And I think of guilt that way. I think of guilt as a sign that something needs attention, that there's a problem. So I want to talk with you about that. But just like being in constant pain can be debilitating and it can be destructive, so can being in constant guilt. You know, we have to learn how to deal with it, what to do with it. You know, if if you're living in constant guilt, then you're bound by that and it stops you from moving forward. It stops you from enjoying life. You cannot enjoy life and be in constant guilt. I often think of guilt as like a spiral. You know, it's it's a spiral like a slippery slope. You know, we get on this spiral and it and it, it's hard to get off. But if we can learn how to deal with guilt, then we can move on in our walk with the Lord and grow. And I think to do that, we have to recognize that there are two different kinds of guilt. There is a guilt that comes from the Holy Spirit when we sin, when we knowingly or unknowingly go against the things that God has said in His Word or the commands that He's given us. The Holy Spirit produces a a guilt in our heart, a conviction is what I call it. And it's a way of saying, it's his, Him putting His finger on our heart and saying, wait a minute, slow down. This needs to be dealt with. This is going to cause a problem down the road if you don't deal with it now. And that's not a bad thing. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit, keeping us holy, keeping us in the Lord's will, helping us become more and more like Christ. And if if we listen to the Holy Spirit, then He can lead us and guide us into all truth like the Word says. But when the Holy Spirit brings conviction, it's always specific. You know, it says, you know, when we walk in the light as He is in the light, then then the blood of Jesus covers us. and But there is a guilt, there is another guilt that I call it condemnation. It's a guilt that covers us. It's not specific. It's vague. And it's that guilt, that condemnation does not come from the Holy Spirit. It comes from Satan. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know I, I don't speak a lot about Satan. And the reason being is because, you know, Paul said, you know, we put our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is where I want my attention. I don't want my attention on Satan. But it also says, don't be ignorant of his devices, of his tactics, of his ways. And so one of his tactics is to cover us with constant guilt, a feeling of condemnation. And see, condemnation just doesn't say, oh, you did something bad. You may have done something bad, but condemnation says you are bad. You you did something bad because you are bad. 
and it can take you on that spiral. It's very, it's very general. It's very vague. It doesn't give you instructions to come out of it. It, it tries to keep suck you back into it. And there's darkness there. You know, there's no clear path. It's just this feeling of, oh, I'm awful. Oh, I'm bad. And it will suck the life out of you. And God did not call you to live in condemnation. He called you to walk in the light and not in darkness. When when we submit to the Holy Spirit and to His leading and to His training and to His teaching, there is hope. You know, we're walking with God. There is hope that, you know, I'm not who I'm going to be, but I'm not who I was. You know, I'm on this path and I'm going to Jesus. I got my eyes on Jesus. But when we walk in condemnation, when we walk in that dark feeling of I am a bad person, then there is a hopelessness. And instead of running to God, we run from him. It's like the story of Eden that I keep going back to because it, it means so much to me. It's just such a perfect picture to me of, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, they hid because of shame, because of condemnation. They knew they had sinned, and so they hid from God. And now in Christ, we don't have to hide. We don't, he knows all things, and He still loves us. So we have to learn to recognize which one is operating because the enemy, Satan, he will take the opportunity to, when we sin, to jump on that sin and put us on that spiral. But if we listen to the Holy Spirit and we're led by the Spirit, we can stay off the spiral and we can use the guilt the conviction that He brings to our heart to help get us in the right place, but not get on that spiral. And the Bible does give us some clues on how to deal with this guilt and how to walk with the Holy Spirit when He pricks our hearts. And um, I do want to show you some scriptures that have been helpful for me. In 2 Corinthians 7, verses 9 through 10, It says, as it is, rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting, for you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So there is a godly grief, there is a godly sorrow that leads us to repentance. And repentance means turning back to God. So the Holy Spirit can use guilt, He can use conviction to prick our heart and turn us back to God rather than have us run from God. Now I want to read to you from 1 John chapter 1, chapter 1, starting in verse 5. It says, This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have no sin or we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and the Word is not in us. And then starting in verse in chapter 2, He says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And I just love that. I love that because he's saying, you walk in the light. You don't have to run. You don't have to walk in darkness. You don't have to run from God. Even when you sin, you can walk in the light. And when we do that, the blood of Jesus covers us and he cleanses us from all sin. And then he says, but if you say, I don't have any sin, then you're deceiving your, your own self because that's not true. But if you confess your sin, he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I love this. I've read on in chapter two because I love the way he says, my little children, I'm not writing these things to you so that you may I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if you do sin, I love that because he's saying, listen, I don't want you to sin. You know, I'm not giving you a license to sin. You know, Paul said that in in his letters. He said, you know, when you've called out of sin, then you don't continue to sin. But I know you're going to fall because you are in a fleshly body. You are not perfect until you see Him and you're like Him. So the goal is not to sin, but when you do, I'm here for you. Jesus died for you. He's righteous where you're not. And so God has made a way. He knows that as long as we're on this earth, we are going to fail. And he, we are going to feel if the Holy Spirit is living in us and we don't live up, to what He's asked us, called us to do, we're going to feel that prick. We're going to feel that. And that's normal. And it keeps us safe. And it keeps us it keeps us in Him. It keeps us walking in the light. We don't want to ever lose that sensitivity to the, Holy, to the Holy Spirit. But we don't want to let Satan use it against us either. Because we belong to God. And I love where He gives the instru- instructions. He says, when you sin... When you feel that conviction, repent, and God will forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But do you know, we have to receive that forgiveness, and then we have to forgive ourselves and move on. And to me, that's the hardest part. You know, in my mind, I can say, yes, God said in his word, he has forgiven me. Yes, I am washed in the blood. God, it's over. But somehow there's just this feeling that that's not enough, that somehow I've got to work this out. I've got to show God I'm really sorry and I'm going to work this out. And honey, we are never going to work it out. If we could have worked it out, then Jesus died in vain. You know, when I was struggling with anger and I would repent and I would say, oh, never again, and it happened again, the condemnation was 
sometimes so overwhelming that I, it would push me where I did not want to pray because I felt like such a hypocrite. But his loving kindness would always draw me back and say, Audrey, I am the way. I think it's so important that we know what God's word says about us. It's so important that we know how God thinks towards us and that we know who we are in Christ. Because that is how we have to fight this fight, not by how we feel, but what we know in the word. Because when you're in those situations, the feelings often can be so overwhelming, the feelings of guilt or shame or feeling like a hypocrite, that we can just be so, we can be our hardest critic. You know, God is calling us, drawing us, wanting to help us. But because we don't feel worthy of that, then we can stay in on that spiral. But when we get into his word, when we renew our mind in his word, when we realize how he thinks about us and towards us and who he has called us and who he has called us to be is is greater than how we feel about ourselves. But when we know that, then that faith can grow and we can bust out of that spiral of guilt and start living in who God says we are instead of how we feel about ourselves. Now, that takes time. That takes grace. That takes the Holy Spirit and Jesus. I can't give that to you. Only only God, right? Only God. But it is it is what he wants to do in you. So my prayer for you today is that if you deal with guilt, and I know we all deal with guilt on some level or another, that you would start to recognize that, you know, guilt is not a bad thing. Guilt is him calling me back. You know, guilt is the Holy Spirit in me saying, not that, this. But if when we feel that, if we will repent, if we will confess the specific sin, if we will let him forgive us, depend on his forgiveness, if we will forgive ourselves, and if we will move on, then we will learn more and more how to walk out and not be stuck in that spiral of condemnation. And it's very, and like I said, it's so helpful to know what God's word says about it. In 1 John 3, starting in verse 19, John says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Amen. Isn't that good? Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask him, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And that's what we want to do. We want to keep his commandments and do what pleases him. But we can't let our heart condemn us because then it will cut us off from him. And he died for you. He died to bring you close. So don't let your sin separate you. That's what Christ died for. Also, you know, I, and I'd mentioned when you're dealing with a, with a specific sin 
or an issue of your heart and something that that it's it's a besetting sin, something that seems like you just can't shake. That's where I have the hardest time throwing off the guilt and the condemnation. But that is where you have to lean into grace. And that's where you have to put this word to the test and say, I am his. I am his. He loves me. Maybe he shouldn't, but he loves me. You know, I have three boys and and I have you know what it's like. You know, you correct them because you love them. Now, sometimes you correct them because we're not God, right? We're not Jesus. Sometimes we correct them because we're upset with them. But in the back of our mind and in the perfect day, we're correcting them because we care about their character. We care about teaching them right and wrong. And we love them. But, you know, I have had people correct my children without love. And I'm not talking about grandmothers or friends that care about them. I'm talking about complete strangers. And there is nothing that like that that rises up the mama bear in you. And I hope that there I hope you can get what I'm saying. You know, I have been at the grocery store and I have had people correct my children in not a loving way and they weren't they weren't acting crazy. Now, there was times they were acting crazy, but this wasn't one of them. And something in me rose up because I was like, that's my child. That's my child. And that's how I see it between God and Satan. You belong to God. And he knows how to correct his children. He knows how to get us in line. He knows how to deal with the sin in our heart. He does not need Satan's condemnation to get us where we need to be. In fact, condemnation will not get you where you're supposed to be. It will stop you in your tracks from moving forward. There's nothing productive about that kind of guilt. And so I want to encourage you today, if you're struggling in this, go ahead and determine in your mind, I'm coming out of this. I'm going to learn to let God deal with me. I'm going to trust that He cares. He's not mad. He loves me. His, the blood of Jesus covers me, and he's going to pull me out of this. And in the meantime, I'm going to learn how to deal with this vague heaviness that condemns and just tells me I'm a bad person and that I should be ashamed. And that, that makes you run to the closet. That makes you, instead of dealing with your sin, it makes you either lie and say you don't have any or just believe that you're stuck with it. You'll never get out of it. You're not stuck with it. He will help you. Lord, I thank you for my for my sisters today. I thank you that you are with them. Lord, Lord, that's amazing that you can know every detail of all of our lives and be with us every minute. And I'm just so thankful to you, Lord, for your spirit that, Lord Jesus, you said you wouldn't leave us as orphans, and you haven't. You've given us your spirit to be with each and every one of us and to lead us and guide us into all truth. And I pray that you would stir us, that you would quicken us by your spirit, and that you would help us to walk out of guilt and condemnation. And Lord, if there's anything in our heart you need to deal with, I ask you to do that and to help us, Lord, to to to, to be honest and open with you and to repent and to come back to you.
In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today and will join me here again next week. You can find more encouragement on my blog at graceformyhome.com. God bless. Bye-bye.